Welcome to The Gallopod, with me, Gala Placidia. In this episode, I'm reading the final part of my fic, Can I Tell You Something? If you're not here for dry fanfic, you're in the wrong place. This week, I'm also releasing a bonus episode where I talk about drugs and cats and Taiwan for some reason. I hope you enjoy Can I Tell You Something? Chapter 16 He was so insistent, said Ainsley. Of course he was, said Harry. He's an alcoholic! Well, I didn't know that, said Ainsley. Calm down, both of you, said Bianca. We don't have time, said Harry. It's not wasting time to figure out what happened, said Bianca. So, Malfoy insisted that he needed a drink. Not just a drink, said Ainsley. He wanted a bottle of rum. When I said it wasn't safe for him to leave the flat, he asked me to go buy him one. And you agreed, asked Harry. Not at first, but he just kept asking and he was persuasive, said Ainsley, and agitated. So finally I said I'd go. I can't have been gone longer than five minutes. I apparated there and straight back again. The three of them looked around at Draco's smashed flat. There was blood on the floor. He must have had some kind of apparition tracker on the place, said Bianca. Did we check the lair? asked Harry. Ainsley nodded. It's the first place I went, but it hadn't been touched. He must have another stronghold, said Bianca. Harry, I know you don't like to use your connections at mysteries, but... No, shit, yeah, said Harry and sent Hermione a Patronus. She and Ron arrived a few minutes later, wearing coats over their pyjamas. "'Are you with the Department of Mysteries?' Bianca asked Ron, sceptically. "'Draco's a friend,' said Ron. "'I've also contacted his parents, Harry.' "'Good,' said Harry, distractedly. He was explaining the situation to Hermione. "'Good,' said Bianca. "'We have enough to deal with without anxious parents.' As if on cue, Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy apparated into Draco's flat. "'Where is he?' asked Narcissa. We don't know, said Bianca. That's what we're trying to figure out. We're going to have to spread out across London, said Hermione. I brought these tracking devices with me. They're new. They're matched with the knife prints found on the bodies. But we'll need to physically scan through likely areas. We don't have enough people, protested Bianca. Dean and Luna will help, said Harry. He paused. And someone should tell Michael. Harry, said Bianca, we can't just enlist civilians. We don't have time to follow the rules, said Harry and thankfully Bianca didn't argue with him any further. It helped that he was the youngest divisional head since the 18th century. Ron sent out three Patronuses as Hermione handed out the trackers, and Harry explained the protocol for if they found anything. Luna, Dean, Michael and Susan arrived halfway through his explanation, and he had to begin again. "'How long do we have?' asked Dean. "'He generally likes to play with his toys for a few days before he makes the kill,' said Bianca. "'But we think he might move faster this time because he knows we're getting close.' Michael was very pale. Susan wrapped her arms around his waist and squeezed. Michael's lips moved as he said something to her, so quietly that Harry couldn't quite make it out. It looked like, thank you. Harry, Ron and Hermione automatically paired themselves into a group, and the search began. They had a list of places to look, leads based on clues the Aura Department had uncovered throughout the investigation. They combed through London. Harry tried not to think. Ron and Hermione asked questions about the Hammersmith murderer, and Harry explained everything he knew about his tactics. In a distant, impartial voice, he told them how the Hammersmith murderer tortured his victims. He thinks he's meeting out justice, he said, as they crept through an abandoned warehouse. He tries to punish them in ways that reflect their own crimes. What would that mean for Draco? asked Ron. Poison, said Harry. Probably the Cruciatus. He might throw him off a tall building because of Dumbledore. Harry, said Hermione. We just need to keep going, said Harry. So they did. They searched and searched. 
By four in the morning, Dean and Luna had joined them. We've checked all the places on our list, said Luna. Dean wasn't talking much. Michael joined them at about six. I sent Susan home, he said. Her back was hurting. It was good of her to come out, said Harry. They kept looking as the dirty morning dawned. There were only three places left on their list. The streets of Peckham were empty, except for an old homeless man who grinned toothily at them as they went past. It's in there, said Harry, pointing at a stationery shop that was under foreclosure. It's a long shot, but it was one of the places Theo not visited on the last day before he went missing, so... Then he stopped talking, because the rattling metal door swung open, and Draco came staggering out. Harry stood perfectly still. Draco was bleeding from the scars on his face, which had evidently been traced over with a knife, although not too deeply. He also had a split lip. He lifted his eyes and spotted them. His gaze fell first on Michael. Draco, said Michael, moving towards him. Draco only nodded wearily. Then he saw Harry. He stumbled forward, pushing past Michael, and poured himself into Harry's arms. Sweetheart, said Harry, practically holding him up. I'll take care of you. Harry had envisioned taking Draco home and tucking him into bed, but in fact they had to follow protocol. Draco sat exhausted in a ministry interrogation room as Bianca took down his statement and Harry paced anxiously back and forth behind her desk. He took you to Peckham, said Bianca. I'd never been to Peckham before, said Draco. I hear it's up and coming. Yes, fine, said Bianca. So then what did he do? Made me drink something, said Draco, and shuddered. They had already given him a general poison antidote, and the healer who had checked him over said he'd be all right if he rested for a few days. Did he say why? asked Bianca. Hmm, said Draco, vaguely. A retribution. You know that's fucked up, right, Draco? asked Harry, pausing in his furious pacing. Try to keep it professional, Harry, said Bianca. Then what happened? I didn't have my wand, said Draco. He hadn't searched me for anything else. He did a couple of cruciatuses? Cruciati? What's the plural of that? I'm not that fussed about the grammar, said Bianca. Is it grammar? mused Draco. Or is it syntax? I never know. Harry left to fetch Draco a cup of tea. When he returned, Bianca was gritting her teeth, and Draco was still talking about grammar. The thing is, you lot should know, really, he said, about the plural of cruciatus. I mean, if anyone should. What happened next? said Bianca. Harry had the distinct impression that Draco had been waiting for him to return so that he wouldn't have to repeat himself. He handed Draco the tea. Thank you, said Draco, taking it. That was very considerate. Next, ah, well, are you familiar with Belesque? Bianca threw up her hands in exasperation. No, no, that's relevant, I promise, said Draco. You see, I've been working on this knight in shining armour routine, and I happen to have some metal nipple pasties in my pocket. Tell me you didn't defeat the Hammersmith murderer with a pair of nipple pasties, said Harry. Draco yawned and huddled around his cup of tea. They were sharp, he said. I pushed them into his eyes. He wasn't expecting it, I don't think. They had the murderer in custody. Draco had left him tied up in the stationery shop. Judging from the chaos within, it had been a pretty rough fight. Draco didn't seem interested in describing it in much detail, however. Oh, I don't know, he said sleepily. I wanted to gouge out his eyes. He didn't want me to gouge out his eyes, so we just disagreed on the principle of the thing, really. Bianca stared at him, open-mouthed. Was that callous? asked Draco. I can be quite callous, 
it's one of my flaws. I didn't actually want to gouge out his eyes. I don't know that I did, even. Did I? No, said Harry, although his eyes are definitely fucked. Draco looked sorrowfully into his mug. Yes, I thought they might be, he said. You'll need to find somewhere to stay for a few days while we look through your flat for evidence, said Bianca. Have you got somewhere? Draco looked at Harry inquisitively. Yeah, of course, said Harry. Bianca looked confused. He'll stay with me, clarified Harry. Bianca muttered something about professionalism under her breath as she scribbled in her notebook. Harry ignored her. After Draco's parents had spent a solid ten minutes touching his face and hair to reassure themselves that their son was indeed still alive, Harry interrupted. He needs rest, he said. We need to get into a bed. Yours, said Lucius Malfoy, with a curling lip. Draco cast Harry an agonised look. Yeah, it's that post-murder attempt sex. I'm really getting antsy for it, said Harry. Draco laughed, although he cut himself off with a solemn expression when his father glanced his way. Come on, said Harry. Draco kissed his mother goodbye, shook hands with his father. Weird, but that was really only the beginning of the weird things between Draco and his father, so Harry decided to save it for another time, and took Harry's elbow. They apparated back to Grimmel Place. Draco was clumsy with tiredness. He kept banging into furniture as Harry led him to his bedroom. He didn't say anything about the fact that Harry was clearly planning on sleeping in the same bed as him. He simply kicked off his shoes and climbed under the covers, still wearing his torn and blood-splattered clothes. Harry did the same. He was too tired to be surprised when Draco pulled him close and wrapped his arms around him so that Harry's head rested in his chest. He did make a small noise, however, when Draco kissed the top of his head. You should get a cat, said Draco sleepily. Harry breathed deeply into Draco's neck. Yeah, he said. Okay. Harry was awoken from a confusing stress dream where he was trying to find Draco but he couldn't see because someone had taken his glasses. Waffles? asked Creature, bending alarmingly over him. Jesus Christ! Creature, what have I told you about- Waffles sound nice, said Draco, drowsily, from the other side of the bed. Don't encourage him, Harry told Draco. Waffles and tea, please, Creature. Have you got any chocolate spread? Oh, yes, sir, said Creature, eagerly. Waffles and tea and chocolate spread in fifteen minutes, sir. And strawberries, said Draco. Of course, sir. Anything else, Master Malfoy? Stop taking advantage of poor Creature, said Harry. Draco laughed quietly into his pillow as Creature protested that Master Malfoy wasn't taking advantage of him. No, sir, on the contrary, Creature was delighted to be of service, particularly to a wizard of such high breeding. I'm awfully hungry, Creature, said Draco, and Creature made his hasty exit. You're a bad influence on him, said Harry. Draco pulled Harry down into a lazy kiss. Waffles, though, he said. Right, said Harry, breathlessly. Waffles. Draco stretched. Harry sat up and put on his glasses. I feel disgusting, said Draco. Have a shower, said Harry. You're supposed to tell me I don't look disgusting, said Draco. You don't look disgusting, said Harry. I don't believe you. I'm having a shower, said Draco, getting out of bed. Harry got him a towel and some clothes. They won't fit properly, he warned. I'll make my peace with it over waffles, said Draco. He leant slowly forward and kissed Harry again. Harry broke away. Uh, Draco, he said. I get that you're recovering from, um, a murder attempt or whatever, but, uh, this is sort of fucking with my head. Oh, said Draco, his eyes darting anxiously around the room, as if he were looking for an escape route. Do you... 
Shit. I thought, do you not want to be with me? What? said Harry. I started Draco. He ran his hand through his hair. Shit, he said. I've been a massive idiot, haven't I? I thought you... I do want to be with you, said Harry quickly. Oh! Draco smiled and went to the bathroom door. Lovely. Let's do that then. Right, said Harry. Only yesterday you were all, my heart belongs to Michael. Who? Draco. I don't want to talk about it. Harry stared at him. Draco bit his lip. That was a twatty thing for me to say, wasn't it? He asked. A bit, yeah, said Harry. Draco wound a silky strand of hair around his finger. Let's go for a walk after we've eaten, he said. Okay, said Harry. They talked about silly, idle things as they ate the waffles and strawberries. Harry could barely taste anything. Draco looked good in Harry's clothes. Draco, said Harry, after an hour. Draco was languidly trying to scrape the last slivers of flesh from a strawberry stem. The meal is over. Draco's hand trembled as he lowered the strawberry stem. He stared at the table. Is it? I suppose it is. Tea? Take me somewhere in Wiltshire, said Harry. We'll go for a walk. Oh, said Draco. A walk? Good idea. Harry rolled his eyes, but he didn't say anything, because Draco was spacey and confused as they put on coats and walking shoes. Harry took him by the elbow. I know you pretty well, Draco, he said. No, no, it's fine. I have a plan in place, said Draco, his fingers flickering the way they did when he was craving. Are you ready? I've set a timer. Let's go. Draco apparated them to a long, straight path. It ran neatly through the tailored fields. A timer? asked Harry. Mm-hmm, said Draco. And when it goes off, we don't have to talk about horrible things anymore. They might not all be horrible, Draco, said Harry. The Ridgeway, said Draco, nodding at the path with his chin and striding forcefully ahead. It's an ancient road. Bronze Age, I think. Figured it might take us places. All right, look, you know I'm a dreadful coward. You literally took a man out yesterday, armed with nothing but your wits and a pair of nipple pasties, said Harry, racing to keep up with him. Dreadful coward, always have been, said Draco, speaking almost as fast as he had that time Harry overheard him on cocaine. But Harry knew Draco was sober, knew he was just scared. It's one of my worst flaws, I think. Is that your first question? Sorry, said Harry. Truth. We're playing truth. That's my plan. Pretend we're drunk at a party if it helps. It doesn't help, said Harry. No? It helps me. My turn. Did you mean... That's not fair, protested Harry. My first question wouldn't have been, what are your worst flaws? Oh, sorry, I'm also a cheat, said Draco, thrusting his hands deep into his pockets. I wouldn't call that one of my worst flaws, though, because I'm loyal to people. In any case, Mr Potter, the judge has ruled your complaint has been overturned. It's my go now. Did you mean the things you said at my trial, about me being some poor, deluded innocent roped into things beyond my control? Slow down a bit, Draco. Your legs are longer than mine. Draco slowed his pace although he still would not look at Harry. He had his collar turned up and his eyes fixed on the ridgeway. I believed a lot of it, said Harry. I didn't think you deserved Azkaban, so I said the things your lawyer told me to say. What parts didn't you believe? asked Draco. Nope, said Harry. It's my turn. Draco nodded and waited patiently while Harry tried to formulate his question. I love you, said Draco suddenly. Oh, right, said Harry. Just, uh, didn't want you to waste a question on that one, said Draco. Cool, yeah, thanks, said Harry, whose mind had gone rather flat. OK, 
case, so do you still love Michael? He heard Draco draw in a sharp breath. I think I would have said yes yesterday, he said. I mean, in a sense, yes, of course I love him, because I can't be so grateful to someone and not love them. But am I in love with him? No. Harry wasn't sure what to say. He settled on, your turn. Oh, said Draco. Well, what do you think I deserve? Happiness, said Harry instantly. Come on, Harry, you have to actually think about the question. I have thought about it, said Harry, and it's my turn. What changed? Yesterday you didn't know what you wanted. Draco paused, as if he was trying to form a sentence. I... I was so sure that my last thoughts would be about Michael. I was depressed about it. But, you know, I, I always used to think if I could just convince Michael I was a good person, maybe I'd actually become one. He does think you're a good person, said Harry. Although I think you were right anyway. People aren't good or bad like that. Draco knocked his hip into Harry's. Well, when Ham got me... Excuse me, what? He wouldn't tell me his name, said Draco. So I just called him Ham. He didn't like it. You sound like a nightmare to kidnap, said Harry. Yeah, don't try it. So when Ham got me, it was strange, because I didn't think of Michael at all. Not even once, all the way through. When I saw him afterwards, I was like, oh yeah, Michael exists. They were walking so close together now that their elbows kept touching. So what did you think of? asked Harry, even though it wasn't his turn. You, said Draco. Just you. Their steps had slowed. And my parents, added Draco. Sorry, I still love them. That's my question, by the way. How can you like me if you hate my father? I haven't really hated anyone since that time you took care of me when I was on MDMA at Zachariah Smith's weird country manor house party, said Harry. Do you think he inherited that country manor? I never asked, said Draco. It was like, before, I saw in black and white, and after, I saw in colour, continued Harry, because you were so lovely to me. Just lovely. And if you could be lovely, then everything was a lot more complicated and variable than I had thought. And it's harder to hate people when you know how complicated they are. I'm not keen on our friend Ham, said Draco. I don't hate him, though, said Harry. He was a war victim, yeah? Draco sighed. His muggled lover went on the run and was killed by snatchers, he said. Right, said Harry. Complicated. My turn, said Draco. He stopped and faced Harry. Did you think I was handsome? Before the scars? Harry cupped Draco's jaw with both hands. I mean, yes. I think you're handsomer now, he said. Draco's eyes were wide and serious. In his pocket, his phone alarm went off. He fumbled to silence it, and Harry let go of his face. You can have one more question, Draco told him. Okay, said Harry. What do you want to happen now? Draco looked a lot the way he used to on drugs, lost and dazed and beautiful. But he also seemed vivid and awake in a way that he never used to during those first blurry years after the war. I want to be yours for as long as you'll have me, he said. Harry laughed. Mine. If you want me, said Draco. Yeah, said Harry. I do. Draco smiled. Okay, then, he said. Okay, said Harry. 
I'm incredibly embarrassed by all of this, you realise. Once a week, we go on a 20-minute walk and talk about our feelings, said Harry. We do. Yes, said Harry. It's one of the healthiest parts of our relationship, because the cat's going to take a heavy toll. Draco bit his lip. I suppose I can do once a week for 20 minutes, he said, if we're not looking at each other. Enough of this shit, said Harry. What a fuck? Draco laughed. Yeah, all right, he said. So they went home. Ten months later. Alert, alert! Second Lieutenant Godfrey Pomplamooks may have eaten a raisin. Shit, really. Also, stop giving our cat military titles. Draco, is Moose okay? Raisins are poisonous to cats, Draco. How many raisins do you reckon he ate? Should I leave work early? No, Vet says he's fine. Vet also made some pretty snippy remarks about how other people don't bring their cats in three times a week. Well, forgive us for being watchful of our cat's health. We should find a new vet. Brigadier General Godfrey Pomplamoose deserves better. Second Lieutenant to Brigadier General. That's a hell of a promotion. Cat military. The ranks are different. (laughs) I love you. You know how Sergeant Major Godfrey Pomplamoose makes us, like, 25% happier on any given day? Yes. What if we had four cats? We could be 100% happier. This is a slippery slope, Draco. Your house could probably fit, like, a dozen cats comfortably. Or you could move in. Draco? Yeah, I'm processing. Move in, you said. Yeah, see, I figure you make me 50% happier on any given day. So if I see you twice as much, diminishing returns, your lease is up next month. I know this is, like, fucked up of me, but I honestly find it such a turn-on when you pull your aura sleuthing shit on me. Hangover from sixth year. Yeah, it's like a Pavlovian response. So? Let me think about it. It made Draco sad to see Dean, but Harry knew it made him sadder not to see him, so he made sure Dean came to Draco's shows every once in a while. Dean and Draco were quiet around each other, wistful. Memories, Draco told Harry on one of their weekly walks. He was the constant witness to those years of my life, but he lost all the memories, and I lost his. That's sad said Harry. When I remember anything from then. 18 to 22? Yes. Four years. And they're just a blur of... Draco tapped his thumb against his fingers as they traipsed through the muddy fields. Does it make you crave to talk about it? asked Harry. Yes, said Draco. Even to think about it. Maybe it won't always, said Harry. It's a shame, because a lot of the memories would be nice ones if they didn't make me want to, you know... Snort my weight in coke. I bet you'll be able to think about them eventually, said Harry. Well, not yet, said Draco. Draco didn't do the knife act so often anymore. He had other acts, just as ethereal, just as lovely, but not so heartbreaking. Harry went whenever he could. He loved his job, but he loved other things too. Lunch with Hermione pub nights with Draco and his friends, going to Mars with a crowd of muggle burlesque dancers, visiting Luna and Dean at their farm near Winchester. He loved lounging on the floor cushions of Draco's studio, chatting shit as Draco designed costumes. There were a lot of good things to spend time on. Susan asked me to be godfather, said Draco, as they walked along a winding stream. That was weird of her, said Harry. Yeah, said Draco. Do you want me to say no? I think you'd be a good godfather. I love spoiling Teddy. You know that... You know that Michael has nothing on you, yeah? Said Draco, hesitantly. 
I think I know that most of the time, said Harry. But sometimes... Painful relationships are more, like, poignant, said Harry. So they're a bit more romantic, somehow. Yeah, said Draco. I know what you mean. But I'd rather be happy than narratively compelling. You and Michael were narratively compelling, said Harry. I think so. How long have we got left on the timer? asked Harry. Draco checked his phone. Three minutes, he said. You can do what you want, but... I don't personally think it'll make you happy to be friends with Michael, said Harry. Draco stared off into the distance. You're friends with Ginny, he said. What I had with Ginny was a lot less special than what you had with Michael. They walked on in silence. The alarm went off. I'm going to tell them I can't be, Godfather, said Draco. Yeah? Yeah. Because I really don't mind, said Harry. You do a little... Maybe, but I don't want you not to do things because of that. You'd be a good godfather. I've never loved anyone as much as you, said Draco. They carried on walking, even though their twenty minutes were up. Alert! Alert! Captain Godfrey Pomplamus fell off the kitchen counter. Is he okay? What was he doing on the kitchen counter? He's not allowed on the kitchen counter. Also, what were you doing in my house? I thought I wasn't seeing you tonight. Vet says Colonel Godfrey Pomplamus was fine and that cats fall off counters all the time, and that his paw is not broken, and also asked me to sign a waiver saying I wouldn't come back again unless it was an emergency. Um, how are we supposed to know if it's an emergency? That's the vet's job, for fuck's sake. I love you. That's so convenient. I love you too. Gross. I've turned your second best guest bedroom into a walk-in closet. You moved in? Of course you did. Why would you tell me you were moving in, when you could just do it without telling me? I plan to buy art. Permission to have some say in the art you buy? Permission denied. Fuck. What have I done? Just to check. You aren't actually mad that I've moved in. (laughs) Lol, no. I'm delighted. This is going to be the fucking best. Yeah, I... I think so too. That night, Harry watched fondly as Draco wrestled their spoiled, ridiculous cat to the ground in an attempt to trim his claws. What's great, reflected Harry is that it's still only the beginning. That was the final part of Can I Tell You Something, written and read by Gala Placidia. Tune in next week for the first episode of my fic Teenage Wasteland, in which Harry is a werewolf and Draco ends up sort of adopting a troubled teenage girl. Don't forget to join my newsletter, if you fancy, at newsletter.gallopod.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app or share it with a friend who you think will like the show. I also have an Instagram at Let Them Eat Books with underscores instead of spaces where I post reviews of the books I read. So please say hello on there. Thank you so much for listening.